Um, I just want to mention a couple things uh, that we do as a church on a monthly basis. We give to a few different organizations that are doing some great things um, in the world and our community and around the nation. And I just want to make mention of, you know, there's been a couple uh, ongoing national disasters here in the nation and different places. And we, on, on a monthly basis, give towards Samaritan's Purse. Samaritan's Purse is an international um, relief organization that comes and shows up in different places when disasters, natural disasters have taken place and they come and they show up in Jesus' name and they provide food and shelter and medical help. And I just wanted to let you know that Samaritan's Purse is on the ground there in Maui. Uh, they faced you know, some terrible fires. And then also in our own nation in BC, Samaritan's Purse presently is out there uh, providing aid and care. And all of that is happening through your generosity. And like I said, they show up and they provide care in Jesus' name. So that's one of the good things that we do here with our generosity at the City Church. Now, back in June, we, for a couple of months, we received our legacy offering. Did you remember that? And so our, our goal was $70,000 to be able to renovate um, 1,000 square feet of our tenant space. And so would you like to know if we reached our goal? Well, our goal was 70000 and over $85,000 came in for the legacy offering. So thank you for everyone for your generosity. If you didn't get involved in this year's legacy offering, we'll have a chance next year. And somebody will be saying, Pastor Brent, what are you going to do with the extra money? Well, one of the first things that we did, we actually have a, a church friend, a pastor friend in Winnipeg who just planted a church a couple years ago during COVID. And they uh, were able to get recently a, a new space to move into and they had a whole renovation thing that they were doing. And so their goal was to raise $250,000 for their renovation. So we sent $2,000 of the legacy offering uh, to them to be able to help renovate that building. And I fully expect anytime that we invest in other churches, that one day on the streets of eternity, somebody will show up to us that we've never met before from Winnipeg and will say, thank you for investing in our church. And so we have that honor uh, to do that. And then also there's going to be some other areas um, that we're um, going to renovate and fix up um, as Nicole sees fit. All right. This is kind of the, the truth in our house as well. But there's, all, there's always lots of spaces for us to fix up here around the building. And then finally, uh, the thing that I want to mention this morning before we get started with our message, part three of Renew and Reflect, how amazing is it to have this many kids in our first service? <clears throat> and then generally speaking, we actually have more kids in our second service. So I have, um, I have to let you know that we have some opportunities. We don't have needs. We have some opportunities for you to serve in City Kids. And so I want to make um, two inspirational statements, all right? One is more of a spiritual na nature and one is a little bit more of a pragmatic nature. But they both should inspire you to get involved in City Kids. Now, again, what an opportunity that we have on a weekly basis to minister to kids, to teach them about Jesus, to have them um, to make that decision to follow Jesus, to learn about the ways of Jesus, to learn about God's eternal principles from the scripture. And this is what our team, our city team is doing every week as they come in and they come early and they stay a little bit late to be able to minister to your children. And so that is a tremendous opportunity for us to take the opportunity. Now, listen, I know you love to hear me preach. 
But it's also a great thing to do that to take what I'm speaking about and be able to invest that into some children. And that's the opportunity that we have to minister in City Kids. Now, the other inspirational thing that I have to say that is super practical is sometimes recently we're actually having to turn away kids, turn away families because we don't have enough people serving on our city team. And you saw all of the team up here um, serving and, and giving their time. And just on a practical level, if I could just speak to parents for a moment, uh, those of you that have kids that are in city kids right now, aren't you thankful for that team? And what you should want to do is have some other parents to be thankful for you when you go in and serve their children, right? We shouldn't think, you know, just my kids need to go in there and somebody else needs to serve. See, but the somebody else's haven't got your memo, right? Well, somebody else will serve. Well, no, if you're thinking somebody else will serve, that's you. You're the somebody else who can step in. And you know, moms and dads, we we need moms in there. We need dads in there. And if you you don't want to opt out, you don't want to opt out your family thinking, well, we don't need to serve here at the city church. No, people are serving you on a weekly basis. So just on a practical level, it would just make practical sense for you to take a turn in city kids. Parents, have you ever hosted a party in your house, a birthday party? I know half of life right now is birthday parties, right? When you have young children. And what is it like sometimes at your birthday party, if you get like 10, 12 kids, you want some other mom or dad to stay, right? To help you herd these cats that are in your house. And it's no different in city kids. We have a bunch of kids in there, as you saw. So let's take the opportunity to help serve some other families, and then we can be a blessing. Listen, it's easy for us um, here at the City Church to grow that team. And right now, you know, we're operating on a serve uh, every other week. But we have enough families, we have enough parents in here that we could actually go to a four-week schedule in City Kids if all of the parents stepped up. Somebody's like, Pastor Brent, you're just dreaming. It's okay to dream. It's good to dream. But we have some opportunities for you to serve in City Kids. So if you have been inspired, which you should be, by what I said, there's a connect card in the seat pocket in front of you. And on there, you can let them know that you want to take the opportunity to invest into a child and to invest in blessing another family. All right. Can I get an amen? Amen. All right. Week three of renew and reflect and what we are doing in this series that we are looking at some uh, things from the scripture that God wants to renew in us, some things that we might already know about and we need to be reminded of, or maybe for some of us, this is a brand new thought that, oh, I didn't know God actually did that. And then what God wants to do, he wants us to be renewed by these things so that we can reflect them out in our lives. And we have this responsibility from God that God wants to do something in us, but then he also wants to do something through us. Now, the word renew means to restore, change, refresh, make new spiritually, bring back again. And this is what we're talking about in this series, these different ways um, that God does this. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31 says this, but they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16 says, Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. Outwardly, we're aging. We're getting older. Our flesh is getting older. But on the inside of us, 
And as, as I've been saying, generally speaking, the people who are uh, chronologically older in, in the family of faith in the church, their faith is stronger even though their bodies might be weaker. Why? Because they're being renewed in their hearts in the inner man day by day. And this can be true of all of us. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes, not what is seen, but what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal, unseen, something on the inside of me, God, who we physically can't see with our physical eyes. These are the eternal things that are happening on the inside of us. So, so far in the series, as we received communion uh, week one, we talked about physical healing for our bodies. Last week, we talked about forgiveness. And today, we're going to be talking about overflowing grace. Now, we've done a whole series on grace before a couple different times, and so we're certainly not going to touch all of the aspects of grace, but we want to be reminded of God's overflowing grace in our lives so we can be renewed by it, and then we can also reflect it to others. Don't you like a gracious person? Have you ever met a gracious person? You just, you just met them and then they were so sweet and they were so generous and they were just you know, easy to be around. You just thought about that person. Man, they're just so gracious. This is who God is. God is the most gracious entity in all of the world, in all of existence, that God is gracious to us. Now, when we, when we think about grace, it has all of these different aspects. We're going to talk about three different aspects today. The Greek word um, grace is charis, and it ultimately, it just means gift. And you've seen Christian ministries, sometimes they go by the name of charis, and, and what are they talking about? They're saying charis, even though that's a Greek word. It means grace. It means gift. Now, one of the ways that we would describe grace is merciful kindness. Don't you like those two words that go together? That we would receive mercy and then someone would be merciful to us and then on the heels of that, they would be kind. And if we think about life, all of life is a gift. The fact that we can breathe, the fact that we can think, the fact that we can walk around, the fact that we can work a job, the fact that we can have a family, all of this comes from God's grace. And we didn't earn any of it. We think about the, there's a little node in your brain that sends an electrical signal down to your heart that causes your heart to beat. Did you know that that's grace? It's just a gift. Did you earn any of that? Did you earn the fact that your heart beats? Did you work for it? No, God just gave it to you. All of life is a gift. So important to know, so important to remember. Some definitions of grace. God freely grants to his creatures good things that they do not deserve. Grace is the distinctive marker that separates Christianity from all other world religions. What is it? It's grace. All other world religions are some sort of version of you doing something and then you might receive God's love, or you might achieve nirvana, or you might be able to accomplish something in eternity. But grace is unique to Christianity, understanding that God is a God of grace. The gospel is called the gospel of grace, the gospel that we believe in, that Jesus went and died on the cross for us. It's the gospel of grace. 
Grace is God's favorable disposition toward you. Do you know that God looks at you with favor in his eyes? It is his disposition. And this is who he is. He's the God of grace. Grace refers to the condition of being given or shown favor, especially by someone in a position to exercise goodwill by meeting a particular need. Now, do we have any needs in our lives? And so God, who has all things and who has all goodness and all power, is able to meet those needs in our lives. And this is called grace. Grace is God's unmerited favor. Or the idea of finding grace with God. Don't you like it when somebody does you a favor? Do you appreciate that? God's favor is aimed towards you and I. So we're gonna look at three different aspects of, the grace, of God's grace again. It just shows up in every area of our existence. We're gonna look at three different things this morning. The first one, and the most obvious one, and maybe the one that we're most familiar with, is grace for salvation. Amazing grace, we're not gonna sing it, we're just gonna say it. How sweet the sound that saved a what? A wretch like me. You're like, come on, am I really that bad? Uh, am, am I really that, I'm just, you know, I, I, I thank God for amazing grace, but am I really a wretch without God? Am I really hopeless without God? Yes. And then sometimes, again, in the context of church, sometimes we look at maybe some of the people up and down our rows and we think, oh, they kind of deserve grace more than I do. Or they're, they're not that bad. They're, I'm a wretch. I know I'm a wretch, but look at them. They're sweet. They're somebody's mom. They're a grandma. We love all the grandmas in the room, but that grandma's a wretch. <laughs> Without Jesus. Hopeless without the grace of God. We all need the grace of God, all of us, for salvation. We can't qualify for a relationship with God in and of our own goodness. We all need Jesus. Can I get an amen? amen. So there's nobody on the scale of they were almost, they almost made it on their own. No, without Jesus, we would all be hopeless for eternity. Romans chapter 3, verse 24. And are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Grace as a gift, justified. What is justified? Uh, A way of saying justified means just as if I'd never sinned. But all of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But the reason we are in a relationship with God, the reason that we can stand in God's presence today and worship him is because of grace justified in his presence. Thank God for that. Ephesians chapter two, verse eight. For by grace, you have been saved through faith. And this is not of your own doing. It is the gift of God. So if we just remind ourselves of this fact that we're saved by grace, grace is not just something we say before we eat. It's a good thing to do. But grace is this most powerful thing that saves us. Nothing that we did in of ourselves. And so it should cause us to be grateful. It should be, co- it should be causing us to remind ourselves that every aspect of our lives has come from the grace of God. Titus chapter two, 
Verse 11 says this, for the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people. God has made a way for everyone to say yes to him, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright and godly lives in this present age, waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness, to purify for himself a people for his own possession. And that's what we are, the family of God. We are a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. Insert serving in city kids. But here's the reality that, that God poured out his grace and does pour out his grace on a daily basis so that we can do good with the grace that we've received. It should be reflected in our lives. This is what's great about this paragraph here in scripture that God did all of this for us, did something in Christ. And then he's changing us so that we would just do good things because grace is good. Can I get an Amen. Grace is good, so that goodness should show up daily. It should show up in my marriage. It should show up in my friendships. It should show up how I go to work. Why? Because grace has been given to me. I wasn't entitled to it. God just gave it to me. Thank God that he gives me his grace. And so it can cause me, instead of thinking that I deserve a bunch of things and I'm entitled to a bunch of things, just to be grateful for everything change my attitude, change my disposition. And because I've received all of these gifts, I can do good with the grace of God. See, when we do our good works, when we do the good things that we're called to do, we do them from a place of grace. We don't do them to get saved. We don't do them to enter into the grace of God, but when we do enter into the grace of God from that place, then we do good things. This is what God has called us to. Second thing that we see grace in the scripture for is grace to serve. I've already mentioned church, but where are we supposed to serve? We're supposed to serve at home. Parents of teenagers, can I get an amen? We're supposed to serve. This should be our attitude. We're supposed to serve on the job. The better servant attitude that you have on your job, the better you will be in your job. The more valuable you'll be to the company if you're saying, I am here to serve. And the other place is community. And obviously church community is a big part of that. But in your community, you're there not just to be there. The scripture says Jesus came to serve and not just to be served. Not just what can everybody do for me. Jesus came to say, how can I serve others? So this should show up in every area of our lives that God has given us unique abilities and talents. And what are those abilities and talents for? They're there for a purpose. In the parable of the talents, we see that there's five, two, and one different talents, different measures of giftings. And then what is God expecting? God is expecting us to use those talents, those gifts, to be a blessing to other people. First Peter chapter four, verse 10 says this. As each of you has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. 
So again, we, we talked about grace for salvation, so important, necessary. But here, grace is being used in a different way. That we have a gift, and what are we supposed to do with the gift that we have? We're supposed to use it to serve one another. Not just to say, I have a gift. Thank God that you have gifts. You have gifts and talents. And they're special and they're unique. But they're just not supposed to draw attention to you. It is actually a gift. And what are we supposed to do with a gift? Not just say, look how great I am. Look how amazing I am. Look how gifted I am. What are we supposed to do? We're supposed to use it to serve one another. God's very grace. And there, there's so many different types of gifts and talents that we're gonna read about a few here in the scripture. But I mean, parents, you have children, right? If you have children, your parents, sorry, obvious statement. But if you have two different children, they're gifted differently, aren't they? They're just, they're not the same. And God has gifted them in different ways. And what are they supposed to do with those gifts? They're supposed to, serve. So parents, one of the things that we're training our children to do is like, oh, God has given you this. You can use this thing to serve other people. First Corinthians chapter 12, verse 14, talking about the gifts in the body of Christ. For the body does not consist of one member, but a member. So this is talking about the church, a local family, a body. All these are synonymous terms. If the foot shall say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body. That would not make it any less part of the body. So here's sometimes what we do in the context, specifically of the local church. We would say, well, you know, I'm not gifted like so-and-so. And, And, you know, our, our worship team is up here and we see them every week and we think, well, you know, I can't sing like that person. I can't play the keys like that person. I can't do that. So because I can't do that, I'm not gifted. And then because I'm not like one of our extroverted ushers who are just happy to talk to people all of the time, and I'm not an extrovert. I certainly not gifted that way, so I don't want to do that. And then we just opt out. So here's the comparison. Well, a foot and a hand. Now, how many of you know that your foot and your hand don't do the same things? Right? But are, are they equally important in your life? They are equally important, even though they're different. And this is the illustration for the family of God, for the body of Christ. We're not all the same. We don't have the same gifts. If the foot should say, verse 15, because I'm not a hand and do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear should say, the illustration continues, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. So don't minimize your gifts. You have a gift. And what is it for? to serve somebody else. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell? Thank God that we all can't sing on key. I get to listen to you down in front of my seat. I'm like, thank God they're not on the worship team. (laughs) But those people that can't sing on key, you are necessary, you are important. It was like, because I'm not of this, I, I, I can't do this. No, we're all supposed to be involved. We're all supposed to be serving. Verse 18, but as it is, God arranged the members of the body, each of, each of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? 
As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again to the head, I, uh, to the feet, I have no need of you. So here's the other part. Sometimes we minimize ourselves and then sometimes we overthink how amazing we are. Oh, I can't do it because I'm not that person. But then there's other people are like, <laughs> I'm amazing. We don't need anybody else. <clears throat> I cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think are less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. And our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, with our more presentable parts that do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it. That... There would be no division in the body that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. So again, we go from gifts and talents, not thinking that we're nobody, not thinking that we're a super big somebody, and it all comes down to care, that I'm going to use what God has given me so that I can show care to other people. Again, the, the illustration of prominence, you know, I, I, it's easy because our team is up here. But if it wasn't for the team in the booth who wears black every Sunday that you just walk by, the nameless, faceless crew who move the sliders up, if it wasn't for them, you wouldn't even hear these people. So they're indispensable, even though we don't make a big deal about it a lot of time. And we don't think they're, they're that prominent, but they're really important, aren't they? Shout out to our production team. But that's just an illustration about how important everybody is in the church. How important is it, going back to City Kids, <laughs> that somebody is watching some of our babies this morning because some of our babies didn't make it in because there wasn't enough people to watch them? How important are those women in the nursery? And we only let women to serve in our nursery. Don't get offended, men. You'll get over it. How important is it for those women to be in there today holding those babies? We don't see them, right? I mean, even, even where the room is in our, in our city kids hallway, you can look in there, you won't even really see the nursery. So we just never see them. But every week, there's some grateful mom who comes to the city church who's been toughing it out with their baby all week gets an opportunity to say to a trusted woman, I know that this woman is going to take care of my most prized possession so I can go in there and worship God. How important are our nursery workers? I should say thanks to them after service. <clears throat> Romans 12, verse 3. I'm not going to spend too much time on this same idea. For the, by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you not to think more highly of yourself than you ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith God has assigned to you. For as in one body, there were many members and of the members do not all have the same functions. Everybody's important, but not everybody has the same function. So we, though we are many, are one body in Christ. All of us are in Christ, but we have different gifts. And individually, members, one of another, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. Use, let's use them. 
Use the gifts that you have. If prophecy in proportion to our faith in service, in our serving. The one who teaches in his teaching. So where is the value in the gifts that you have? When you use them to serve others. Not just to think, I'm a big shot. The scriptures think soberly about yourself. I'm just so talented. I can't wear a city team shirt. Mm, You're not that talented. You're just actually a little bit arrogant. You're thinking more highly of yourself than you ought to think. Amen. (laughs) Verse eight, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. So what are we supposed to do? What are we supposed to do? with the gifts that God has given to us by his grace, what are we supposed to do? Serve others with them. Finally, this, grace for strength. That we all need God's strength to face life. And partly what we've been saying in this series is when we renew ourselves, we're ready for the upcoming battle. Again, not that God is bringing bringing evil in our path. We live in a broken world. We're going to face stuff. That we need inner strength to face stuff. Thank God if you have sick biceps this morning and you go to the gym, all of that, thank God for that. But that's not the same as inner strength. That's not being ready for the battle that's coming your way. That it's not going to actually affect you physically. It's going to affect our hearts and our decision-making and our thoughts. We all need to be renewed inwardly. Proverbs 24, verse 10. If you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. I'm not talking about physical strength. It's talking about this inner strength. And grace renews our inner strength. God's grace does so that it can be reflected in our lives when we're going through things. You know, the Apostle Paul, he went through a bunch of stuff and he, you know, he's out there planting churches, doing all of these good things, but everywhere he went, he was having a revival and he was having a riot, not riot in the good way, like literal riots in the streets. People, a bunch of people would say yes to Jesus and we're gonna plant a church here. And then he would face a bunch of opposition and like real life opposition. Not like for most of us, you know, in in Canada, some people might not like us if we're a Christian. Like the people that didn't like Paul because he was a Christian, like would beat him and whip him and throw him into the water and betray him and all all of these physical things that he had to face. But he needed God's grace. And so we can read about this portion of scripture here in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, (coughs) where Paul is talking about all of these things that he's facing. He says this, on behalf of this man, I will boast, but not on my own behalf, I will not boast except of my weaknesses. So what is Paul talking about here? He's boasting about his weaknesses. Though if I should wish to boast, I would not be a fool. I would be speaking the truth but I refrain from it so that no one may think more of me than he seems that he sees in me or hears from me. 
Verse 7, so to keep me from being conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelation, a thorn was given to me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan. Everybody say a messenger of Satan. Paul's thorn in the flesh didn't come from God. It was Satan opposing the activity of God. A messenger of Satan to harass me. One translation says it was just blow after blow. Everywhere he went, he would just face something. You just face something everywhere he went. And sometimes this describes life. Verse eight, listen. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should lead me. In other words, God, can we just remove the harassment? Can we just remove sinful people from my way? Can you just remove the rioters in this next city? This is what, Paul wanted God to do. God wanted, he wanted God to interrupt everybody's will except his and get them to stop what they were going to do. So he was coming to God for this. But he said to me, this was the response that God gave to Paul about the situations he was facing. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Verse 10. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. So what comes in in the moment of weakness, in the moment of struggle? What did we realize? I can't do this on my own. I need God's strength and his grace is sufficient. Again, sometimes we're praying for the wrong thing. We're we're praying for people not to have a will. People have a will. But what we can depend on is God's grace. And it's realizing that it's going to show up in my weakness, not my arrogance, not my, I got this on my own, to be like, God, I need your grace. And your grace, it saves me, helps me to serve, and it gives me strength. Finally, this, Ephesians 6, verse 10 says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Be strong in the Lord. Let's pray today. God, we thank you for your grace this morning. We thank you, Lord, for saving grace and serving grace. We thank you for your strength, Lord, as we finish today. That we remind ourselves that your strength is made perfect in our weakness. And so we thank you for that, Lord that your strength is empowering us, it's sustaining us, it's giving us wisdoms, wisdom that we need. It's helping us to make the right choice. It's leading us and guiding us. That we can be strong in you and the power of your might. And your strength goes beyond our own might. And it's renewing us inwardly day by day. So we thank you for that, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. We mentioned earlier that the gospel, the good news is called the gospel of grace. And 
If you're here today and you've never said yes to Jesus, never made Jesus the Lord of your life. Again, as we've been talking about grace over and over again, it's just a gift. We're not good enough on our own to have a relationship with God, but God gives us the gift to be able to do that. So all you have to do today is receive the gift that God has given to us, that Jesus came, he lived a sinless life, he died on the cross, God raised him from the dead. And because all of that happened, that God just offers us this gift of righteousness, right standing with God, and all you have to do is say yes. So if you are here today and you have never done that, I'm gonna pray a prayer here in a second. I invite you to pray along with me. Or maybe you're here this morning and you feel like, you know, I used to be close to God, but I really feel distant from God this morning. You know, God is not mad at you this morning. God is inviting you close to himself again. You pray along with me as well. So church, let's all bow our heads and close our eyes and pray this out loud with somebody who might be praying it for the first time or rededicating their life to Christ. God, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you that he lived a sinless life. He died on the cross and you raised him from the dead so I could know you. So today I say yes to that relationship. I say yes to your righteousness. God, I purpose to follow after your ways and I turn from my own. I thank you for salvation today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, if that was you this morning, if you gave your life to Jesus for the very first time today, or if you rededicated your life to him, actually, can we just have a round of applause for anyone that did that this morning? The Bible says that heaven rejoices when someone comes home to the Father. So we actually are so happy for you. And we believe that today is the first day of the the rest of your life, really. Um, And we actually have a gift for you, and it looks just like this. If you head over to the info desk right after we're dismissed, and you fill out the connect card in the seat pocket in front of you, and you say, I have decided to follow Jesus, we'd love to know that. If you give that to someone at the info desk, they'll give you this gift right back, and um, we'd love to partner with you in that, in your your walk of faith this morning. Just a few more things, uh, just to go over the announcements again. If you'd like to be baptized this September and go public with your faith, um, you can do that at the info desk. You can sign up for it there. Or if you'd like to sign up to be a group leader, again, the info desk is going to be your place to be after the service. Um, Another thing is it's City Kids Grad Sunday, like you guys saw the kids coming up here. We actually have a little photo booth set up for you guys um, by the green wall outside. So you guys can take your kids there, take a quick photo. Um, And we also have an info booth there for City Kids if you'd like to sign up to serve. And I'm sure there's going to be so many of you that are going to sign up to serve for City Kids after Pastor Brent's message. Um, But it's right outside uh, by the green wall. That's going to be. And the very last thing is... If you came to church this morning hoping for someone to pray with you and for you, we actually have a team for that and they'd love to pray with you. So I'm actually gonna invite the prayer team to start coming up to the front. Um, And right after the service, you can come up to them and they will be so happy to pray with you. Um, But that's everything for this morning. I'm just gonna invite everyone to stand up as we finish up the service. Did you guys take something from the message this morning? Yeah, it was so good. You know, every member of the body is important. That's you guys, right? Well, that's everything for us today. We hope you have a blessed week and a blessed Sunday. You guys are dismissed.